Welcome to Asbury Pod with Amy Quinn and Joe Walsh. This week, Amy and Joe talk with Alice Janice, an early pioneer of punk and art pop, and Pony, who everyone in town knows, about their new project, Of Stars, whose introspective, melancholy tunes are the non-stop soundtrack in our house these days. They talk about what brought them to Asbury Park and what brought them together, and everyone tries to remember the name of the theater companies Asbury Park used to have. Go check out Of Stars this upcoming Sunday, April 24th, at the Danny Glinch Gallery at 4 p.m. Welcome, Alice and Pony. The matters addressed in this podcast represent my own personal views and opinions concerning issues affecting the citizens of Asbury Park in my capacity as the Deputy Mayor of the City of Asbury Park. They do not necessarily represent the official position of the city or the official position of the Asbury Park City Council as a whole. I am developing and implementing this podcast in an effort to keep citizens informed. However, this is not an official City of Asbury Park podcast and does not, and I repeat, does not represent the official position of the city or the governing body. Their interviews always hit the mark, so subscribe to Asbury Park. I mean, pod. Be informed, don't be in the dark. Everybody listen to Asbury Park. I mean, pod. Everything you need to know. Brought to you by Amy and Joe. If you're local, they're the pod for you. But Bennies are welcome and Shoebies too. Route 35 to Convention Hall. As Barry Pod covers it all. As Barry Pod, I love you. I love you. It's um, March 18th, Monday, and uh, welcome our Asbury Pod listeners, and so glad to have Pony and Alice on our show. Just so you guys know, we're going to tape it and then air it in a week or two, and that is also partly um, to review it and make sure, yet again, nobody can sue the city okay. for shit that I say, or any shit that you guys say. Um, so so even though we uh, welcome I would love if they, now, if they sued the city for something they said. That would be <laughs> well, no, no, no. We had it. No, no, no. We had a guest once who kept talking about all of the... Um, we have a reason we have this disclaimer. We had yeah. to edit a specific guest. <laughs> yes. But so I, uh, um, anyway, uh, I digress. So so excited to have um, Pony and Alice on our show and hoping you guys can do a little bit of an introduction. I have to tell you, Alice, when I told my wife that you were coming on the show, she was in a punk band in the 90s in D.C., in the late 90s, early 2000s. I have never been more, she has never been more impressed with me than when I said. Amy's waited this whole time to be cool. It's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. I'm still waiting myself. <laughs> well, I, I think, um, you know, for our listeners, uh, you know, um, our guest, you know, Alice, Oh, Alice, I, meant, I want to cut this part out. What is the correct pronunciation of your last name? I My last usually name ask, is Janice. It's Janice. Janice. Not, okay. All right. I, I usually ask before we start recording, so my apologies. But our, our guests are, you know, form, um, you know, Alice Janice and Sean Pony Heath, who are the band of stars. Is that the correct pronunciation? Star? Yes, yes, correct. Yes. And um, we are so pleased to have them on because, um, well, for me, I guess, and as, as, as Amy pointed out, 
you know, um, your punk rock credentials sort of, pre, you know, precede you, but are they, I was just so happy when I heard of stars, um, you know, knowing pony from around town. Um, everybody you know, like, knows pony. <laughs> <laughs> I'm known. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I just love the songs. I first, I heard it, you know, we're always, um, you know, everyone Asbury has a gig, right. And a thing. Yeah. And it's not always good, right? But you want to support, your <laughs> right? And you you support you want to support your friends. And I heard yeah, yeah, Pony had a, um, um, had it was in a new band. I you know found it on Spotify right away, and I just loved it. I don't know. I listened to that the first song that got released with Alice. You're singing about ten times in a row because I just loved it. So oh, thank I was you. so that was like so I put it in the back of my head it's like that's a future guest of the podcast. So thank you so much for being here. Um, thank you for having us. Yeah, we're happy to be here. Now that I've uh, uh, found out. I know we should let you guys introduce yourselves so our <laughs> listeners actually know who we're talking to. You go first. Oh, um, well, they know me already. Yeah. <laughs> who doesn't? Our 12 listeners already know who he is. All 12 of them. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Pony. And um, yeah, I live in Asbury Park. I work here and met this lady, also in Asbury Park. Her brother actually introduced us. And then we became fast friends and then started writing some music together. Also, it was that thing, like you said, everyone has a gig and everyone's like, oh, it's I'm I'm so great. Listen to me. And then they suck terribly. <laughs> when her brother was like, oh, you should hear my sister. She's pretty good. Maybe you guys should meet and work together. And I was like, yeah, fine. Everyone has a everyone has a sister. Mm-hmm. And it's a guy playing piano for her. And everyone's sister is so great. Then I met and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, she's well, kind of legit. <laughs> well, you know, as as I was preparing for this, I started you know listening. Uh, it was like pulling a thread on a sweater. So you know, start going through you know to Psychic TV, but also Sex Pod, Candy Ass, Yo, um, Gut Back, you know, all of these kick ass bands. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. you know. So uh, right, so like y- your brother was not wrong, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. He did me a huge. <laughs> favor not not only music wise and because she has this long list of credentials and lineage and whatever in her beautiful career um just as a friend yeah introducing to me to a human that's solid you know yeah so um you know alice i guess we we sort of pre you know, uh, prepared the field a little bit. Tell us a little about yourself, though. You, you, um, <coughs> you, uh, you have a long career in music, also from Hoboken. Well, the question we usually ask, maybe, maybe this is for both of you. I'm sorry, I just threw my pen. Um, you know, um, how'd you end up in Asbury Park? I grew up in Hoboken. Um, I was born in the '60s, so um, Hoboken was not the gentrified, glorious, very expensive city that it. Um, is now when I was growing up and um, there were some summers where, you know, things were maybe not so great in town. And my aunt, my grandparents spent time, they, my grandparents summered in Ocean Grove ever since I can remember. Um, And then they like, they were like snowbirds. They would go to Florida and then live in Hoboken. And then they would go to Ocean Grove. I don't know how they afforded that, but somehow they were able to do it. Um, And then one summer, my, my mom, paid my aunt some money to have me 
live in Ocean Grove and I worked at the Sampler Inn, which was on Main Street in Ocean Grove in like the 70s. Um, so I was like working these incredibly long hours because they, you'd get like a lunch break and a you'd get a break between the breakfast service and the lunch service for like 45 minutes. And then you would get like a two hour break between the lunch service and the dinner service. But you were literally like working from seven in the morning to like eight at night or seven. And I was crazy, but you know, I was 16, 17. Um, so it was fine. Uh, but that was, that was the, I did that for a couple of summers. And then my mom eventually bought a house in Ocean Grove. So that's just been, you know, on, you know, other than living in Hoboken, we also were lucky enough to have like a, a not really a summer home, but that's where we would take weekends in the summer and such. And uh, what, what years was this when you're working at the hotel? Cause Ocean uh, Grove is also quite different in like, yeah, no, everything. <laughs> I was selling pony before, like I, you know, like the whole gentrification thing. Like I, I left one city and that was like almost at the end of it, which it's not really. And then I'm like, Oh, well it's happening here too. It's just going to follow me everywhere I go. Um, I, what year was it? So it was like probably 76, seven, eight, nine, something like that. Mm. I don't know. Maybe 78 and 79. I'm not sure exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, Ocean Grove was a lot different then too. Um, and so was Asbury. I mean, I, you know, when I first started, I, I used to call it, when I was a kid, I thought it was called Raspberry Park. I get really <laughs> excited about going to Raspberry Park because there would be like amusement rides and, um, you know, it's like a little Coney Island, maybe, you know, I, I loved it. I loved coming here when I was younger. Coney, how did you end up in Asbury? Because you're from okay. South Africa? Yes, okay. I um, moved from South Africa and I lived I in the first place I lived in America was in New York City. And a friend of mine that I met there, do you remember when um, Asbury Park had theater and groups like that? The revision. Revi- revi- I was going to say the revision. revision theater, yeah. And we had another uh, one. And why am I drawing a blank? Uh, we had revision carousel, and it was the carousel, I think was the other one. The Oh, no, it was, day. I think the revision one, there was one prior to that. Premier, Premier. Yeah. So we had Mark, who did Premier. <laughs> um, Mark, this guy, Mark, who we've, who's been brought up before and we should totally have on the show. He actually um, lived at Esbury Park for years. And then um, revision, but revision was interesting, Pony, because they did, um, interesting shows like Mark did uh, yeah. premier did a lot of like Christmas Carol and stuff, but revision did like hair and had like a bunch of naked actors. In they, they, they and did, me and they my did. mother were like, Oh my God, they took their clothes off. They also did uh what is that spring awakening? They also, so, th- okay. So the reason I came down to Asbury park the first time, my a friend that I met in New York city was the musical director for the revision theater when they did um, Tommy by the who. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, I remember that. Yeah, I came down to watch that um, with my then husband. Yes, he has a history. <laughs> but um, <laughs> some people collect stamps. But um, <laughs> my then husband and I came down and stayed at the Tides Hotel the first night. And then um, the next day after the sh- we watched the show, the next day we had breakfast and walked around. And then he... Um, 
was like, this is a pretty cool town. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. And, um, <laughs> and he wanted to buy property here. And then I didn't realize how cool this town was because we then, on the weekends, we would come and look at um, houses. And, and what um, year is this, Tony? 2010. 2010. Yeah. So, and then as we came closer to buying property here and me making connections and realizing it's a great city to live in, um, the marriage crumbled into a bucket of <laughs> shit. I'm going to say it. And then we got divorced and a friend of mine down here said, hey, come hang out with me in the summer and just like get over it. And I've been here ever since. I am over it. But I'm still here. <laughs> so I have to tell you the funny question that we ask everybody. And this goes back to the early 2000s with Jen Hampton and I. But you moved to Asbury for bankruptcy or you moved here for breakup. So I was a breakup. Joe was a breakup. I was a breakup. But there's a number of people who moved here because of bankruptcy because they yeah. had no money and it was still a cheap place to live in the two thousand in the early 2000s. Oh, that's 100 years ago. It used to be a cheap place to live. It used oh, yeah, to yeah. be a cheap place to live. Totally, yeah. totally. Why do you think it was but, a cultural hub? Right. Yeah. Artists don't, they live on the bread line because they're compelled to. <laughs> they, they can't afford shit. Yeah. But yeah. The next generation will be bankruptcies. So. <laughs> yes. Yes. And they will squat in the empty <laughs> apartment blocks and blocks and blocks. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I, well, I'm just going to say one other thing uh, to our listeners. If, if Pony sounds familiar, um, you were part of the Medusa family that we are yes. sorry to see, obviously, go. Yeah. It's, Joe it's and I were big sad. fans of Medusa. Um, I don't know. Someone on um, Facebook commented, first the Asbury Lanes, now Medusa. And who the fuck is going to hire Pony? <laughs> <laughs> right, and it was the I, have, I have been hired again. So it was, the, it was the perfect situation. <laughs> yes. And now it's yeah. sad to see them go, but the two of them are doing really well. And they went out um, with a bang. They went out with a bang and people still are harassing me about that and wanting me to console them. It's just people, guys. <laughs> Just pizza. <laughs> What's a, oh, a, right, customers are seeking um, grief counseling from, from mm-hmm. you. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's okay. No. Um, so I was as I was reading, um, you are our, our recent guest. Um, I was reading uh, some things about you, Pony, and I saw that you had started playing piano very, very young. And I wanted to ask, is it, did you pick it up by ear? So yes, um, at first. Um, because uh, I didn't have a piano at home, but my grandmother had one. And you know the the room in the house that's the museum that no one's allowed to be <laughs> going into? Yeah. Well, the front room. She had a big, um, like an upright grand, which is like a giant black piano. Mm-hmm. And I would was allowed to go sit and play in front of that. And then um, just messing about. And then at, I think at like eight or nine, I started formal lessons. And then my grandfather bought me my piano and then, um, but I can't, I can tell you what notation is, but I can't read music or, or write it. I, if that makes any sense, because I used to cheat because I was classically That's not trained, unusual. But, I, yeah. but I would learn it by ear. And then I just look at the paper pretending like I'm reading it <laughs> and just bullshit my way through an exam. Mm-hmm. So, and eventually all the teachers pegged on to that and 
they were like, this is, we don't want to do this. And then, um, and then I stopped lessons, but I never mm. stopped playing. Mm-hmm. So, the, uh, the reason I brought it up, uh, you know, we just had a guest on the daughter of a famous Asbury Park musician, D. Holland, who famously played by ear, you know, yeah. and I was just thinking like, is there something about piano that lends out most, like, I, I guess I taught myself, I'm an amateur musician. I've learned most of my guitar stuff by ear, but the piano itself seems to lend itself to that kind of like very young, like connection from the sound to this 88 keys in front of me. I know where everything is. And I, I don't know. Good. No, sorry. Sorry. I think a piano is an orchestra. So you can, you know, as a musician, you have, if you think about a band, um, you have a drummer, a rhythm guitar, a lead guitar, and then you have um, a, whatever, you have a bunch of instruments. Now, you can, on a piano, you can, I, when I play by myself, they actually, while we were recording this record, told me to stop play, overplaying so much <laughs> because I yeah. was doing everyone's job. It's like rein them in. I was like playing bass lines and doing rhythm and playing in a percussive manner and like polyrhythms. And they're like, you need to chill, bro. We all need to like, play this. Think, 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 think. Fine. But I also yeah. think if you, if you are on a, if you start on a piano, it's easier to pick up anything else. Like I play a little bit of guitar. Mm-hmm. We wrote the record on guitars, but um, I'm not that proficient, but I taught myself the guitar because I can hear what's right from playing the piano. And you guys are talking a little bit about Alice. Tell, so Ponies, your brother tells Pony to to, to uh, get together with you. Just take us a little bit through you know, for, for those of us who, you know, have never been in a band and I'm not particularly musically inclined, although Pony, I think we both love Tori Amos because I see <laughs> Tori Amos' shirts and I also Hello. love Tori Amos. Um, <laughs> but just take us through like that formation. So you kind of meet, do you immediately click or are you like, oh, I'm not sure. How, how does that process kind of work? I mean, for us, we met and we became friends first and it was something that we started talking about. Um, I had been in a band called Psychic TV at that point for nearly two decades, probably about 15 years when we met. Um, And the singer in uh, Psychic TV was diagnosed with leukemia. Um, So we, you know, I, I was in a band that was busy and toured pretty regularly and played pretty regularly to not touring very regularly and not playing as regularly. And, um, I missed doing that. I missed being able to write and to perform. Um, and it just sort of seemed like, also I had a tragedy, which is, you know, I, I moved here after there was a, I lost my son in 2013. So I moved here after my son um, dropped his body. And uh, I didn't want to write another really sad record. And I thought if I had a writing partner, um, you know, it would sort of pull me away from, from, uh, you know, falling down that grief alley, right? Like you're obviously you're going to write what you know. And I've always been a very honest songwriter. Um, even if it's like super hard, heavy, it's like, that's how I'm feeling that day, you know, um, with Pony, of course, we thought that we wouldn't write really we sad songs. <laughs> Hello, trauma. Yeah. So we, we, the first time we got together, Pony played 
dragged his piano. So my keyboard, my keyboard is like 80 pounds. It is wood. The thing inside the bones of it, the notes are weighted and they're made of wood. So it's like (laughs) carrying a small piano on your actual piano on your back to her house. Because I live in Asbury. She lives in Ocean Grove. So there's a bridge that connects our love. But, um, so, you could have taken a swan boat across. I could have taken us. That would have been elegant. Very cute. Um, but the first time we rode together, I brought my piano and she had her bass because that's our weapons of choice. Yeah. Yeah. So and, um, we cried. Yeah. The we first time we rode together, like, like ugly crying. The song is beautiful, but we were ugly. Oh, man. But we, we haven't recorded that one. So yeah. everybody is safe. We didn't record the saddest song we wrote first. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, we wrote for about, we wrote, we hung out. Um, but then we started with guitars because I was, my back hurt. <laughs> right? So yeah. I was like, I'm going to sit there. And she's like, you have two guitars, Alice. I'm just going to use one of yours. Yeah. And then we'll write on that, which is kind of an equalizer. Because um, we level the playing field because neither yeah. of us are great guitarists. But we're both playing guitars. Yeah. <laughs> um, but luckily, you know, I have so many great musician friends and a lot of my bandmates from Psychic TV got in on this project in the studio. So um, Jeff Berner, who was a guitarist for Psychic TV for many, many years, um, like a brother to me, um, produced and engineered, recorded uh, our record, our EP in um, Brooklyn at Studio J studios and so and he's multi-instrumentalist he's playing he made us sound so good (laughs) it does sound so good right yeah it's it's well produced i think i think that's the other thing that caught my attention when i when i first heard it is like i said everyone's got a gig but it's not doesn't doesn't often sound that good either but this sounded really polished and really well done and just a really great job and um and this is dear eyes right that i was listening to last night that was great yeah just making sure so you well, have one them. one was on spot i only saw one on spotify so two both spotify? on spotify yeah oh. there's one called of stars which is she's the lead vocal on that and then i'm the lead vocal on dear eyes yes yeah, so of stars is the first one i heard and then De- yeah. dear eyes later um and there's um your voices go together so well. I found a video of um, you guys going back to 2019, where you're playing from your Alice from your uh, from your sticks um, and bones album, the Jackie song, and ponies in it sitting in on the back. Uh, yeah, and the vocals Danny like, Clinch. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know, in right away your voices you know go together very well. Yeah, right. And so it's and it's strange because that's so there's so there's a bipolarity there. Between the two voices, because they they're just not they they shouldn't go, but they do. Yeah. <laughs> and Pony, yeah. I've seen you play by your. I've seen you by yourself at a number um, the yeah. downtown festival that Pat does. Were you looking to collaborate? Um, was that something in, kind of in the back of your head that you were um, hoping to do? I. It's it's strange because it's like in this town, what happens, I feel with musicians, um, like he says, everyone has a gig and they're like that you meet them before they see you play. And then. It's like, OK, um, let's let's we're musicians, let's hang out, let's work on some stuff. And then they see you play 
And then all of a sudden, they don't want to work with you. So either you're good or you're really terrible. You know what I mean? It's like so, Tinder for musicians. Get ghosted. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Like you didn't look like that last night at Bond. Um, you can't throw an apple without hitting a musician or an know. artist in the city. You really can't. But yeah, no, that's I, not where we go. <laughs> I, like, I've, I haven't collaborated a lot, but I, I like to collaborate with people like with Alice, where there's a, like a kind of an energy connection where there's a human aspect before even a musical thing, you know? Um, and I think that's important in collaboration and, and trusting each other and respect. Because I, if you think about it, she has this illustrious career. Um, like she's a big dog. I'm no one. I'm the guy who's <laughs> carrying around a tiny piano, huh. and, but that, that, ego wasn't there when we were working together you know it doesn't exist and I think that's also important and everyone in town has a gig but everyone in town also has an ego (laughs) I mean everybody has an ego I try not to let my ego get in the way of of the outcome of the project that I I I always have a goal in mind when I'm writing and I always hear I hear in my head how I want it to sound in the end. And I think we got really close, um, actually probably exceeded mm-hmm. what I was hoping for in the end of this recording. Um, I also think the songs are really beautiful stripped down, which is how we're going to play um, next week. Yeah, we're playing we Danny play Clinch. Danny Clinch Gallery. Uh, yeah, we were, we were, I had to call, I had to call to find out how I get tickets, but you just show up. Is that? Yeah, you just show up. There's no tickets. Just show up. Yeah. So unless something unforeseen happens, hopefully Joe and I will be there. Yeah. Hey. So we're going to do, each of us are going to do our solo projects. Mine is a little bit less solo because I'm going to have a, a guitar player come and play with me as well. And then mm-hmm. Tony and I are going to do acoustically uh, the songs that are going to be all five or will be released on the 23rd. Um, but we're going to acoustically do all five songs, sort of like the way that we write in, you know, in my living room so that we have, uh, you know, I think it's a really intimate setting. It's like a living room there in a lot of ways. There are and we love the people furniture. Yeah. And, and yeah. Can we work. say a little about the Danny Clinch uh, gallery? Because his performance space is small, but he's, there's a lot of great, um, a lot, a lot of great uh, bands and performers gets a showcase there, and he uh, seems to have like an open door, a very generous spirit for who, like who who plays oh, there. Yeah. Unless behind the scenes he's terrible, I don't know. So, but it seems oh, like no, no, from, it's incredible. It's, yeah. it's incredible. They're they're so lovely and so mm-hmm. supportive. Um, so it just it felt really, it felt like a natural choice for us to go and play our first show there and to do it stripped down the way that we do it at home to sort of present it that way. But I also thought it would be a really nice way to introduce ourselves to, you know, not necessarily a new audience, but maybe some new audience members. And, you know, Pony is such a brilliant pianist and songwriter. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I just thought it would be amazing to have Pony do a set also. And then I'll do a set with, you know, my older songs from Sticks and Bones. Mm -hmm. And then Pony and I will do what we do together. And I think it'll be like, I for me, in my mind, I feel like it's going to be interesting to watch the puzzle pieces come together. Also, and the people that gravitate towards her and the people that gravitate towards me aren't necessarily the same groups of people. And if we can 
bring them all together and also introduce them to other stars, it could be like a, a like a perfect storm, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Or a shit storm. There's that. <laughs> But I think it's going to be cute. (laughs) And is this the first time you guys would be performing um, to a live audience? Yes, together. This this work and the Upstar stuff, yeah. For me, this is the first time I've performed since February of 2020. So I'm actually slightly terrified. I, I used to perform all the time. Like, I had so many. I couldn't even count in a year sometimes how many performances that were just so many. And, uh, and now I... Feel like I haven't done it for so long and I'm I'm scared. Like I've always had anxiety. I've always had performance anxiety. Um but it, it's it's like I know how to deal with it. it's part of who I am and it's my process. And once I get on the stage and I hit a couple of notes it, it goes away and then I feel very comfortable and at home. But now I'm like usually I get nervous the day of I've been nervous for weeks now. <laughs> Is it do you think it it being a small venue makes it worse because everyone is right there? You could see them. Oh yeah, they sit in your oh, lap. Oh, touch them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, There's yeah, because they can literally go out and go. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I think that if I played in my you know living room by myself and people were watching me on a podcast, I'd be nervous. Like I, yeah. I just think it's the first time I've done it in a while, and I same feel a bit I was, terrified. I was supposed to play a gig at the same four days after lockdown. Oh, four no. days. It was like, I was like, yeah, this is going to be cute. We're going to do this. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. that's, I mean, for a musician, I can't imagine like some people haven't played since when March 20. Uh, what year did that start now? I've lost track. 20, 2020, oh, right? It's yeah. right before the fall of Rome. <laughs> <laughs> Emperor Justinian was in the... Um, yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Alice, I wanted to... Because uh, I, I was going to ask you this, a similar question about Pony. Like you had, I read somewhere that you had started with the flute. Is that correct? Was I that? did. <laughs> <laughs> and you if, I'm, if I'm being totally honest, piano was my first instrument. I was oh. terrible. I was forced as a child, well, not forced, but, you know, I was encouraged as a child to take piano lessons when I was probably six or seven or eight. I don't know how old I was. And, you know, just that I also studied dance class, dance, mm-hmm. and ballet and jazz. And I, I actually took more to dance than I did to playing piano. But when I got into junior high, I started playing flute and I played flute all through high school. Um, and I, you know, occasionally I played flute on, on, I'm sorry, you know, you I, see, yeah, I played flute uh, in uh no, I don't know if I played flute in a psychic. T- oh, I have. I played flute live yeah, with psychic a soundtrack TV for a soundtrack. We did it uh in the shadow of the sun, a Derek Jarman film soundtrack that we played live in London and California and probably in uh in, in New York City at a museum. I can't remember which one. It might have been the Tibetan Museum. Um, but yeah, so I I I still can play flute. That's I'm not great. a great flautist. Uh, but when I was like 20, I just was really drawn to playing bass. And I was, you know, seeing bands out a lot when I was young. Um, you know, I, I grew up in Hoboken, so I lived right down the block from a, a, a club called Maxwell's, which you may not know, but it was a very, very well-known club and historically is still, you know, talked about as a as a, a club of some importance in Hoboken. The, there were tons and tons of musicians that passed through. Um, and I, I saw, to, I saw a bunch of, of shows there. It's just such a great yeah. venue, right? Yeah, uh, it, 
It really is. It was. Um, in my and mind, it's like, okay. No, I was just going to say, in, you knew early on you wanted to be a musician. That was. I think, I think that I didn't always acknowledge it, but I think it was always what I was. I just didn't know how to get to it. Like I, I studied dance. I was always really um, involved in something musically, but it, it, I didn't know what my instrument was going to be. I didn't know that I was going to be in a band. I was always writing songs in my head and I still write songs in my head. I mean, I sometimes will write an entire song in my head before I even pick up an instrument and start to play it. It's just, you know, that's part of my process as well. With Pony, it's a little bit different because we write together, but yeah, you know, sometimes even we'll go away and come back with a whole other thing that you know some one or the other us had thought of. But yeah, I think by the time I hit twenty, I I pretty much knew that I was mm-hmm. going to be a musician in a band. I didn't know that I was going to really have a career. Like I didn't think that far down the road about it, um, and I just sort of <laughs> kept tumbling down the road with it and. Uh, I feel early on I was lucky because of where I was growing up so close to New York city and, you know, being a part of that Hoboken scene and getting signed by uh, the owner of Maxwell's had a record label called coyote. Um, So, you know, my first band got signed by coyote very, very soon after we started playing, Um, you know, and I think that we were really a force. I think we were, at that point, like we were three women and a, a guy on guitar. And, and shortly after that, it was just the three of us gals playing music. Um, it wasn't, it was really powerful what we were doing. It was very strong and, um, you know, very forward and in your face. I wouldn't call it punk rock. I don't really know what I would call it more on the rock and maybe a little psychedelic, but also kind of coming out of that punk rock energy. Um, and and some it's definitely high energy. It's a kick-ass. I was just listening to that band before before logging on, uh, and I was like, that, I was like, how did I not know it? Like, well, not that I'm a musical. Well, it's the '80s. It's so good, <laughs> you know, so Thanks. good. Um, and then you were in another uh, female-driven band too, right? Sex. Yeah, that Sex was Pod? Sex Pod. Yeah, Sex Pod was basically the same band as Gut Bank. Okay. <laughs> Except we started with a different drummer, and then we ended up with the same drummer as Gut Bank. So it was just, in the end, the you know the the. It was it was pretty much the same band, which was funny. Um, that uh, that you know, I feel like if you if you listen to both of those pieces of you know, both of those bands, you sort of see how we progressed as musicians and as writers um, in in our journey because there was about a decade between both of those projects, and then uh, soon after that, I was asked to be in a band called candy ass which i i turned down at first because i thought after sex pot ended i was pretty i'm not going to say wounded you know like in the way that i was never going to play again but i just felt like i needed a, a minute before i figured out what was next and they asked me to play and i said no because i wanted to go on vacation with my at the time my boyfriend and my son and i just i didn't know if i wanted to go out on tour they were actually going out on tour with pink and i just was like I don't know if this is right for me and the money wasn't really going to be right. Um, You know, then I was going to be gone for a long time again. My son was 12 at that point and I just didn't, or maybe 10, I don't know, but I didn't want, I I just wasn't ready to make that commitment yet. 
Um, and I didn't really know them and I didn't know if I was going to like the music, but then that the first tour ended and they had some pickup shows in another tour and it didn't work out with the previous bass player. And I was like, ah, whatever, I'll, I'll come out on the pickup tour. So I, I, you know, dust off my bass and I learned these songs. And in like a week I have to play in front of thousands of mm-hmm. people in these arenas and, you know, play these, whatever, eight or 10 songs that I had just learned and sing backup vocals. And I had cheat notes all over the stage in front of me. <laughs> But, you know, it was fun when he did. I did that for a little while, and then they were um, good too. I mean, here's Alice, oh, have, you. You, have you been in any bad bands? Because like, uh, we're talking to four or five in a row of uh, very good bands. I mean, you know, well, everyone. I mean, you know, thank you. I don't know. I don't want to call. I don't want to say call out a name. But I'm just saying you have a. No, I I think I really have been very lucky. Um, mm. But I've always landed on my feet, musically speaking. Um, you know, and then getting to be in Psychic TV was just like it was like a dream you know i was playing with this with genesis Piorich, who i really considered you know a a true genius and a, obviously a legend i used to tease her that she was a living legend when she was living um, <laughs> still living to me in a lot of ways um but but yeah I, that that was an you know i i i look at that as like hanging out with burroughs or ginsburg or you know like just i just felt like being able to work with her and be respected by, by her as an artist and as a musician. Um, and then in the end of her life, um, we became even closer. And I, I did a lot of um, her healthcare appointments with her and took care of her, took her to chemo a lot. And uh, we spent more and more time together. And it's, it's interesting because I've, you know, I have had, friends and family members who died in the past. And I have, you know, taken care of my dad when he was, you know, going down that road, but um, to be with a friend and watch them go through something like that, it's, it's, it's a really intense emotional journey, but also I felt really honored to be allowed to, to, um, to be with her during that time. Um, that, you know, there was a time once where we were, we had just gotten back from chemo and we were, staying in a hotel next to uh, the hospital that she was in. And she's just, you know, she's like, I just, I feel so comfortable when I'm with you. Like, it just, it's so easy to be with you. And I, and I said, you know, obviously the same back to her. And I was like, I, you know, this is like, there are some people that I, in my life that just feel like home to me. And Genesis always felt like home and Pony feels like home in a lot of ways, you know? So it's just a natural thing. (laughs) Pony, you talked a little bit about you were going to play the saint, right? You know, right when. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right not when... the Tibetan Museum, not with Pink on tour, not with thousands <laughs> but, of people. But the yeah, saint yeah. is our, you know, <laughs> pink. Pony. The saint is the Parks pink. Yeah. So, so, so what I'm curious about, Joe and I started this podcast before the pandemic and, um, and then, you know, talk to people throughout the pandemic, a lot of people, a lot of musical people. Uh, we talked to the guys who did the Christmas tree in convention hall that caused a lot of, we, we tried to. I love we the talked tree. To, yes, we, we all love, love the tree, tree oh, yeah. so much. We, Do you yeah. know also, how we much are big fans. mail we got from, from the tree? <laughs> I say that I as a city hilarious. official, as a city official, we got more hate mail than you can imagine for this tree. <laughs> anyway, we did try to talk, like we talked to vets, we talked to our emergency management plan, our Garrett, you know, we talked to everybody. So just like the creative juices we talked. So interestingly enough, Catsbury 
um, and one day they're going to shoot me for repeating this story, but they had a ringworm outbreak right before. <laughs> so they didn't even know the pandemic was coming because they were closed down dealing with their ringworm oh, outbreak. And then the pandemic co- comes and they can never reopen. Um, Casper was this kind of cat cafe on Cookman Ave that, that we all, and, and they re- reopened on third. So they've landed on their feet, but they had, yeah. they certainly had a hard time. No, no question. So I, I say all of that to, to ask like the creative juices during the pandemic, are they, I feel and continue to feel a general malaise and borderline depression, but it, are, are people who are creative, is this, was this an opportunity for you to really kind of I write? Think, okay. So you would look at it like that. We were writing through it because we were writing anyway. But I think a lot of people, a lot of creatives were actually going into depression, not because of the lockdown, but because of the expectation that now they have all this time to create. So you, 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 can't, you start feeling guilty and shameful because you're not making work. Um, but you know, there's so that's what some people were experiencing. Some people were experiencing the flourishes of like creative inspiration because now they're free to do whatever they want in their houses by themselves. <laughs> and a lot of people recorded records and um, during this time, but a lot of people recorded stuff in their own living rooms and their own bedrooms. And a lot of it is very introspective and beautiful. And a lot of it is absolute trash, mm-hmm. you know, where people were just, pushing and pumping out shit and not considering it carefully or um, refining it. Where I think there's, I think the best art is created if there is some parameters for it. Do you know, if, if an artist has a budget that's unlimited, they don't have anything that they need to, um, that they're up against. There's no challenge. You can make anything. Mm-hmm. So that take the time, the whole day you have to work. But if there's like me, I work in restaurants and in the service industry. So when I'm writing, it's precious time. So when I walk over the bridge to come to Alice's house and we're working, there's a there's a blocked amount of hours that we have to do as much good stuff as we can. And if I feel if we didn't have that confines, um, I think we would never been able to create the work that we would create I think it was nice for us because we did keep a schedule. Yeah. Tuesdays, Tuesdays will be the title of our um, EP. EP, our forthcoming EP. And um, we will also release it on vinyl down the road when we get the vinyl because vinyl is very backed up. Um, but but I think because we were able to keep that schedule yeah, of every because I never stopped working during the pandemic. Nor did I. No. Yeah, because she has her own business and um, I work at Medusa. And, you know, we were at one point the only people in town that were that were open because we had such a small business. It was a very limited amount of people, so we could contain and be safe and you know. Um, I- I, I, ate more, I ate more Medusa pizza during the lockdown than I did before. We all ate <laughs> I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people didn't know about Medusa. And then at that one point when Medusa was the only place open for pizza to take out, mm-hmm. all of a sudden people are like, oh, what's this pizza place? And then they discovered the secret. And then everyone was Medusaing it up. <laughs> well, I think, you know, people following what you said about like, you know, the pressure to create during lockdown, 
once lockdown started, I you know, got a little depressed, and I, I rather than doing anything productive, I ordered takeout from from Medusa, and then I also discovered that Cookman Creamery delivered. And so between the what? two of you, right, I was just like, I'm having a really great lockdown. I'm not getting oh, productive, just, but I'm demon. giving myself. You just <laughs> fucked up my day. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> demon. I did not need to know that. <laughs> and uh, so I gave myself a hot, you know, cholesterol. Really, what you're saying of... is. <laughs> <laughs> So I, you know, so it's hard to do like, yeah, the, the pressure to do something under the lockdown. I, I mean, so giving yourself parameters and th- th- so maybe you staying open helped, you know, that actually the pressure make it produces, pushes you in the direction of creativity. Right? Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm grateful that I didn't have too much free time because um, yeah, I would have, I no, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I like being occupied with things. <laughs> I don't want to face myself. That's gross. Well, the first year of the pandemic, I just drank. It was like just (laughs) I just walked from window to window to window of my house and drank. (laughs) And then the second leg of it, I I taught myself poker. So that was like that helped me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was was helpful. The first first year was so terrifying. Uh, we we did um we probably should be start you know our next recording should be sponsored by some wine vineyard Empress, somewhere Empress. or Empress, or somebody mm-hmm. should sponsor us because we definitely um partook whispering angel yeah whispering angel we actually wrote a song called whispering <laughs> angel while we were drinking whispering angel that's not embarrassing at all no um, so that happened. <laughs> Yeah, you no, know, I, I mean, literally at Medusa, drinking at my house or drinking at her house. Yeah, that's what we were doing. Well, that was the entire, I think, pandemic for yeah. most people. Mm-hmm. I thought I was like, I'm going to be sober till it's over, and then two weeks in, I was like, <laughs> Are the liquor stores open? Because I think I need a bottle of wine. And you know, before I like, my mom was calling me, and she's like, I just ordered a case of wine from the liquor store. I'm like, Mom, how how, how it's going to be like four weeks? Like, what do you? What do you need a, a case of wine? She's like, that's like two weeks. Why? I was like, wait a minute, what's going yeah. on? <laughs> and then she's like, no, it's going to be six weeks. And in the meantime, like two plus years later, here we are. Yeah, magically. Uh, you know what I wanted to uh, I wanted to ask you just a, because you have a, a history in the music industry. Just curious on your take on how it's changed through the eighties, nineties, and two thousands. Um, well, I mean, good good or worse, you know, better or worse. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it's, you can be totally DIY now Mm -hmm. is really interesting. Um, I, you know, I have been on some record labels. I don't know that I've ever made any more or less money either way. Um, and I certainly haven't made enough to support myself. I've always had, you know, a job or a side hustle, you know, whether it's a full-time or a side part-time and now I have my own business. I'm a jeweler also so I have my own jewelry company um where I just do handmade sterling silver jewelry so I you know, I've nice always had one. some <laughs> yeah like that ring um uh, oh wow yeah yeah <laughs> that's that's familiar I see yes you. Evil eye. Um, but I I I think it's really interesting how easy it is to um you know, record stuff on your computer now, which is not something that we were able to do so much in the 80s or the 90s even. And now um, you have all of these digital platforms. The negative thing is that you can play our music on Spotify 9 million times and we'll make a penny. Um, 
yeah, you know, so there, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, I feel like the way that I've made money as a musician in the last two decades is touring. And also social know, media, having to navigate that. Yeah. But nobody's really, you know, we haven't been able to tour for a couple of years. So obviously that wasn't going to put any money in our pockets. And, um, and I, you know, I was also touring at a different level than a lot of bands get to do. I toured with a, with a singer who had, you know, a very, very long, longer history than, than mine and a very, you know, a somewhat successful career. So that made it easier for me in those ways, but. She was an iconoclast. Yeah. Somewhat mm-hmm. successful. For sure. It's yeah. highbrow. Yeah. Lowbrow art. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you're financially stable. No, but I'm just saying the renown for it is, yeah. is amazing. Um, but I, you know, I, for me right now, I'm, I'm trying to figure it how to figure out how to navigate these new waters. Cause I do feel like not, I do feel like I'm starting over in a lot of ways, even though I know that I have a history behind me and I am able to make some phone calls and I will, you know, be able to get us some shows that are, you know, maybe a little bit um, bigger than, you know, if I hadn't had a career mm-hmm. that has spanned four decades long at this point, <laughs> um, that I am trying to figure out how to navigate it. But yeah, the, the differences for me are like, you know, how everything is now, you can just release stuff digitally and not put out a CD or not put out a vinyl. And yet I still felt very um, certain that I wanted to release this on vinyl. And with our good friend, Sarah Stettmiller, who's a local photographer, um, she did this gorgeous, you know, photographs of us and portraits of us. And Moni's husband, Jonathan, did a beautiful layout. We, it's, it, everything it's, came together. It's we like, love Sarah. Sarah's such good people. She's amazing. She used that, you know, her hundred and gazillion year old camera. That's what she used on the beach in Ocean Grove on that big cinder block <laughs> thing. Yeah, we were standing on that with the tide coming in. And cutie outfits. One of us may have fallen in, but I won't say which one of us. <laughs> I had to traverse. Remember, I was wearing that leather skirt. Yeah. The biggest leather skirt you've ever seen in your life. I was having to get up on that thing in it, but I did it because I'm yeah. committed. And I am committed the other to your guy. art. Yeah. Barely. <laughs> I could barely make my way up and down, but Pony's much younger than I am. So they're, they're, you know, I'm a senior citizen, not yet, oh, but almost. Not. I'm going to, I'm going to be a senior citizen eventually, <laughs> but I feel will. like one. <laughs> um, the, the last thing I want to point out, because like, we're coming up on 45, 48 minutes. We, we want to be mindful of your time. The last yeah. thing you're um, beginning with the, the style Alice, as your career goes from like Sex Pod, and like if you listen to those hard driving bands, then you get Sticks and Bones, which is a really beautiful album. And it leads right into your collaboration. It sounds like the songs are sort of could belong to that lineage of the, the of a Sticks and Bones. It's hard. How difficult it is for someone with your like hard rock lineage to sort of shift gears and come up with these like completely different style? Is it or was it always in there? It's like this is the song. These are songs I want to make, you know, or I mean, I, am I reading too much into that? I think I can write any way that I feel that day when I'm playing. The other thing is that I'm playing guitar when I'm writing these songs. So I am playing a completely different way because I'm not playing my most comfortable instrument, which is bass. Um, When I'm playing bass, I tend to be a little bit more aggressive. I feel like a badass. Yeah. (laughs) I have like this beautiful, 
you know, a silver glittery bass guitar machine gun, man. I'm just going to like <laughs> dig into that and, and let it rip. And also, you know, age, I think, you know, I'm older now than, you know, I was 20 something when I was in gut bank and 30 to 40 when I was in, or 30 when I was in sex bot and then all through my forties and fifties in psychic TV. So, you know, obviously it's all going to, I am going to change and I am going to grow. Um, I think I've always been drawn to sort of country music as well. My mom used to listen to that a lot when I was growing up and um, I love blues. And so, yeah, I, it just sort of made sense that I would write that way. And then Pony and I very naturally fell into whatever. I don't know what our writing style is. It's honest. Um, <laughs> I remember when I said how sometimes it helps if there's uh, parameters to creating art. And yeah. once again, like with her playing a bass, there's a she, she can be more driving, more hardcore. And apparently if I play a piano, I am a goddamn orchestra. So um, I don't need nobody. Um, <laughs> and, um, so the stuff that I write by myself is a little bit more complex, um, lyric-wise, but also music-wise. And I think it was a it was a cool thing for us. Like we said earlier, it was an equalizer for us both to write on guitars, mm-hmm. and then it it kind of simplified things and distilled it down to its most purest form. And then when we went into the studio with um, Jeff and the and the and the gang, <laughs> and they and they embroidered it. You know, they built, they set it um, up. And so it's. But I think we both of us have very um, different influences in music, um, but also very similar where the the paths converge. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone wants to get a sense of how you play piano, there's a video of one of your solo shows at Danny Clinch, also on YouTube. You have a very lush style of playing piano, if that's a appropriate term. Like, uh, she also yeah. is a lush. What did you call me? <laughs> <laughs> how dare you, sir? <laughs> hey, that's my Christian name. Lush. Um, um, should be a drag name. Um, <laughs> appropriately so. And uh, yeah, no. uh, you are your own orchestra when you're there. So it's yeah, it's, very... it's it's also, but I've never had, when I was in my teens and early 20s, say early 20s, I had like... You are still in your 20s. I was... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but I played in some rock bands, you know, very amateurish, like garage bands or whatever. But, but after that, it's only been me and a piano. So, and not just writing, but playing. So I think I tend to overcompensate in the way I play um, because I don't have a basis that I can be like, okay, you take care of that. I'll take care of this. I just have to take care of everything. And yeah. And a lot of what I do is just sonically and cheating where I will play things that sound complex, but they're not really because then this hand, I can just do its thing. And then I'll Mm. just have this hand do other stuff that's a little more simple, but this one moves faster. So this one can cheat you into thinking that I'm a whole orchestra when I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm just a guy on a piano. <laughs> Amy, did you have any? 
Yeah, no, no. Listen, I want to thank you guys for coming. We're try, we're, we try to keep this under an hour. And Joe joked that we have 12 listeners. You know, you'd be surprised how many listeners we actually have. Yeah, that's a, a yeah. 100. Yeah, that's yeah, an old not joke. That, not that that's a lot, especially for Alice. That's like nothing. But yeah. we do actually. No, especially for Alice. Listeners. Me, I have seven listeners. Excellent. Actually, well, we can top you. We, we have like <laughs> 22 to 24. So, All right. I do have a. Um, um, where can people uh, uh, of stars is, uh, well, um, I don't know if we can get this published before your show on the 24th, but you know, hopefully people can see you at the clinch gallery on the 24th, but where can people find of stars news and information? What is your website? Um, well, we are on Bandcamp at of stars band. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have social media, Instagram and Facebook at of stars band. Um, and we, we do, we are playing a very, um, to me, important show on June 30th. That's to a lot of people. Pioneers, Pioneer Works in Brooklyn. And that's uh, part of the We Are But One exhibit, which is the, the first posthumous um, uh, androgyny exhibit of uh, Genesis and Lady J. Briar Peorage. So we're really, really honored to be included in that as well. I just wanted to get that out there. Slug it. People want to come what, see Yeah, that, what, is so. the, what is that date? That's in June? That's June 30th at Pioneer Works in Brooklyn. And um, we'll be playing with some of the um, other members, the ex-members, not ex-members, but other members of Psychic TV. Mm-hmm. They're going to be helping us. We'll have a full band then. Yeah. Great. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be kickoff. And your EP will be released on the 23rd? Yeah. Digitally? And, yeah. And that's on Bandcamp, right? It'll be on Bandcamp, yeah. And to what you said about Spotify, Alice. So I joined Deezer because obviously all the Spotify drama. So I was like, okay, I'll I'll listen to all of my stuff from another, um, another. You know, there's not a lot of games in town. It's like you know, there's a very few places that you can listen to music. So Spotify is one. But but to your point previously, I did switch my main method of listening into Deezer from Spotify because the artists get more money. I don't know if that I'd have to look at royalty statements. I don't know if um, I haven't. I checked. I'll send statement. it to you. I haven't opened <laughs> it. I opened it in a while. You get two pennies instead of one, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what they mean. They doubled the output. So. Really, I mean, my 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 greatest wish is that we get put on a soundtrack and you know, or get some commercial music play somewhere so that we can actually pay our bills and not stress and just really please. be able to write music and please well, at the very least <laughs> I, i'm hoping can... to make my first million on upstars so that's, <laughs> that's a, it, but i just least... decided that today i'm just going to start saying that because i always i'm like ah, i don't need to make money you know what no i'm getting old i would like for hmm. my mom to have an easier life like hmm. this is it I've worked in I'm ready for my first million. for 20 years. <laughs> Can I sit down for a right. minute and be the guy getting the food? Put, put it out there in the universe. Right? <laughs> Although, if, if people, so if people are listening, if they go to Bandcamp, they can buy the album directly from you. Yeah, that's right great. Now. Oh, so. wonderful. Yes, yeah, so we should so, definitely put that um, in there. And then you guys can have any merch. You can have t-shirts or sweatshirts. We, 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 we will have newly printed t-shirts of a, a beautiful design that um mostly pony worked on but i contributed a little bit um and then uh we're gonna have some beer cruises just because beer yeah yeah cool. and some stickers and some buttons that pony is hand making nice mm-hmm. yeah. yeah we're all crafty up in here i got skills so, and it's four o'clock next sunday at the danny Lynch gallery that's correct cool yeah 
So we'd like to thank you both for coming, for getting to come on today. We're, you know, uh, really, um, you know, generous of your time. So thank you so much. And thank you guys. Yeah. So, thanks for having us. So hopefully we'll see you on the 24th. Yeah. yeah. And give us a week or so for Joe to edit and do and take out. Although I, nothing in this, I don't think yeah, no, there was nothing, soon. nothing controversial hey, in this. Right. No one was slandered, which the is city a attorney can relax. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also so, Danny Clinch is BYOB. Don't forget. Right. <laughs> Got it. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Appreciate Thank it. You. Thanks, Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much.